what works for one person is completely different from what works from the next. And everybody is different and everybody's journey is different. So somebody may be delighted because they exercised for five minutes, three times a week. And guess what? If they were exercising for zero minutes, three times a week before, and they shift to five minutes, three times a week, that's a win. And if somebody is eating no vegetables a day, and they go to throwing a handful of spinach into their scrambled eggs, that's a win. If habit change is going to be helpful in you achieving your goals. And that's what it's all about. When, when somebody comes to me, I'm like, okay, what do you want? What do you want for yourself? And more importantly, and why? Why do you want it? Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. everyone. Thanks for joining me here on Windowsill Chats. I am thrilled that you're here. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. My guest today is someone I've known for quite a few years and we share how we got to know each other, which was one of those interesting stories in life. But Lisa Murphy is my guest and she's someone who I so admire. I love her energy. I love her purpose. I like how she looks at the world. It's just very refreshing and really important, I think. So I thought I'd share her with you a little bit about Lisa. She loves veggies, yoga, and her standard poodle, Sylvie. But what you probably really want to know is that Lisa has been coaching and teaching in the health and wellness realm for decades. Her passion is helping to empower curious women and a few good men to proactively adopt healthy habits that will enable them to feel their best so that they move through life more purposefully with more intention and confidence, feeling at home in their own healthy, positively aging body. And I mean, really, that is a pretty fantastic thing to say. A little bit more about Lisa. She grew up in a small town in Iowa where her parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles all grew their own food. Lisa went to college like a good girl, got a degree in actuarial science like a smart girl, and got married. She left her lucrative corporate gig to travel the world, study Eastern philosophy, and teach yoga to members of the royal family in Dubai. She got divorced and her world fell apart, or so she thought. At age 47, Lisa reinvented herself. Now, turning 56 in October, Lisa's world is bigger and brighter than ever. 
What does Lisa do specifically? Well, she's a healthy aging expert and creator of the relevant, active, vibrant protocol, which she calls the RAV protocol. Lisa specifically helps middle-aged women live longer, healthier, and more delicious lives while having more fun. And she's been doing so since 2013. And I think the word middle-aged is open to, well, there's perspective around that. I think Lisa helps people who want to help themselves as well. She uses a protocol that she's come up with that she calls RAV, which stands for relevant, active, and vibrant. And it's science-backed with four pillars she focuses on food, mood, rest, and movement. And we go into that a lot more. So they can age healthfully like she has learned how to do in order to remain relevant, active, and vibrant. What do people have to give up in Lisa's programs? Only what they want to. A few things Lisa's clients have happily released, which I love. I thought I'd share this list. Their raging sugar addiction, dieting, worry of aging poorly, unmanaged stress, Punishing exercise, restrictive eating, sleepless nights, fear of not being able to play with their kids or grandkids, body aches and pains. So that's just a little bit about Lisa. And it just felt like a relevant conversation to have because this is something we all deal with, will deal with, might have thought about dealing with. And it has a lot to do with how we approach our days, our creative days, our creative practice, all of that. So I think you will enjoy this conversation. Here is a little bit more from Lisa. I present to you, Miss Lisa Murphy. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Margo, thank you. I'm delighted. I'm very excited. You know, we probably should start out with our origin story because it's, <laughs> it's really one of my favorite origin stories. You should probably tell it because I might remember a little bit differently, but... Were we on a canceled flight? I think we had a canceled flight. We were on a plane next to each other. We sat down and normally I'm the one like Mm -hmm. blinders on, head in the book. Same. Earphones in. Don't talk to me. My book can't you see I'm reading. (laughs) (laughs) But something, you had a beautiful wrap on, I think. Mm. And I just remember looking at you and thinking, oh, wow, she looks so interesting. And I don't know who struck up the first conversation, but we were chatting away, best friends already. The plane sat on the runway for like ever, turned around. I I thought that was it. Sat in the gate for like forever. And then, oh, we're just kidding. Everybody off. Your flight's been canceled. We went our separate ways. I think you slept in the airport. I don't know. I, I oh, that I- was that <laughs> night. I did sleep in the airport. <laughs> and there we were the next day, we back were. on the next it's flight. You, my friend. Oh, no, oh, no. And then it, it, there was a funny, another funny thing too, because we both lived in Kansas City at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was over to a friend's house sitting on her front porch she, and she had a community garden and, and she was sitting on the front. We couldn't see her community garden, but she was telling her friends about this cool. This was like two weeks later, maybe a month later, this cool new person that was in the community garden with a friend and da, 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 wait till you meet her. And you can oh walk around. Gosh. The person comes walking around the corner. It's Lisa Murphy. Oh. <laughs> anyway, sometimes life just, you're all having to listen to us ramble like about this, but sometimes life just puts the right people in front of you at the right time. And there's a reason you don't have your earbuds in or your book open and you just say, Hey, you know, so if you feel it, go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Because such good things happen and you meet such incredible people. Mm -hmm. And at that point you were, I think you were just coming back from Abu Dhabi. 
Yes, I lived in du- actually Dubai. Sorry, Dubai. All- I get yeah, it. no worries. Also, in <laughs> I the United- said that and I knew it was wrong. Also in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, I spent about 10 years living in Dubai off and on. It wasn't 10 solid years, but it was off and on. And I think I was just coming back to the States after that. Um, you know, being over there was an amazing experience and coming back was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe some other listeners have been expats before. Um, really crazy kooky. We have a lot of listener. We have 99 countries of listeners. So there um, might even be Dubai listening. You never know. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Yeah. Yeah. But you had at that point sort of recreated part of your life already because being a, I had to look up what I call it statistics, but you had a, what your major was something that scared me, the name of it, (laughs) actuarial science, actuarial science, which you're very in tune, intelligent, why it is basically math and statistics specialized for the insurance no industry. No reason we should be friends. No, uh, actually, there's probably I'm no, so reason, kidding. no reason I should have been in that major, but you know what? I loved math and so, cool. so, so cool. And I, I love math and even geometry because um, it's a very creative pursuit. It might seem very black and white to some, but it's a different way of thinking mm-hmm. and problem solving. And there's more than one way around. Right. Um, so I loved that about it, yeah, but I did lots of problem solving, lots of problem solving. And you had to be creative. However, I did not love my job as an actuary because I just felt, and no offense to the actuaries in the crowd. It's, you know, it's wonderful for some people, but um, I fell asleep at my computer one too many times. <laughs> Well, I feel like there's other ways to use those problem solving skills in life. And, and like a lot of people that have been on the podcast and that are listening as well, many of us go to school or have gone to school because we think we should do this thing, or we go to school for a certain reason or follow a certain path, or our parents are encouraging us to do this or that and, or society is, and then you get through it and you think, huh, maybe I'm falling asleep at my computer. Yeah, exactly. And that was exactly the case. It was, you know, when I was graduating college, there was an ad or not an ad, an article in the Wall Street Journal, something I have no idea about the top positions in the country and being an actuary was one of them. Wow. So it was like, okay, because there was low stress, you could make lots of money. I mean, you know, all the things that we think when some of us think when we right. have been slightly indoctrinated by, by family and society and um, what we think we want, which, you know, often changes. It uh, pretty guaranteed to change mm. in my own findings, mm. in my own research. <laughs> well, I think what's really key is it, it almost always does change, but it's whether we listen yes. to that or not. And sometimes that takes us longer then well, like. yes. And I think the listening and I mean, I, I remember describing it in certain points in my life of my head, being able to hear my heart, like the mm. two communicating because the head knows what's going on and the heart knows, but they don't always want to talk to each other. Cause that mm. would mean you have to pay attention mm-hmm. and change. And that's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you feel like how'd you approach recreating that? Cause you made a big switch. I did. And I, you know, looking back, I would say, I, man, I, I did it because I felt like I had to, um, you know, sometimes we, we do things until we're done 
-hmm. and until we feel like we don't have any choice. And because of my situation, I was married at the time when I was living in Dubai and then got divorced shortly after returning home. So all of a sudden after I met you, you're right. Right. Yeah. I was going through that, my dark period, um, which turned out to be, you know, the beginning of the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, of course, as it so often does. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think I felt like one, I felt like I didn't have any choice mm-hmm. because I was, um, a wife. I lived out of the country for 10 years. I had given up my career, um, years before that. Um, and I'm not talking about the actuarial career. I, I, I only lasted about three and a half years in that. And then I, I switched over to a sales job that I loved also mm-hmm. for the same insurance company, but, you know, out of the workforce for nearly 15 years. I mean, it really, it's sometimes I'm almost shameful and embarrassed about it because it was like the 1950s mm-hmm. housewife. Mm-hmm. Um, you really, you really were wearing that, that, um, position, that job, that mantle, that, that who you were in the world was that wife. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So on one hand, I felt practically like I didn't have a choice, but to recreate myself. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, I think the pain of staying, you know, that quote, uh, remaining tight in a bud, like I was, I was like, okay, enough. Mm-hmm. I did this for long enough. I denied who I was. I denied that voice that we were talking about for long enough. And so now it is, it's time. Yeah. It's time, you know, approaching 50. I guess I was in my forties at that point, but you know, you think, dude, if not now, when? Yeah. Yeah. And you, I think there's certain age kind of hurdles in our life too, where we think, oh, I'm going to be so old then I can't start over. And then you get there and you're like, <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> I'm not so old and I can do it whatever I want. And, exactly. and I do feel like too, some of those, um, milestones call them are you, you just realize even more. So how much more important it is mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to change or grab a hold of what feels important or whatever that might be. Yeah. I mean, sometimes our world just has to be completely shaken before we're, we're willing to look at things from a different vantage point, you know? So, and you help other people realize their potential every day, which I think is a beautiful thing. Um, how can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you or feels like for you? Yeah. You know, I, um, I'm a healthy aging coach. So I work with mostly middle-aged women and older, and I'm telling you, my oldest client is turning 85 tomorrow. Wow. And that is so amazing. And a lot of times people come to me because they are at a crossroads. Maybe they've had a health scare and they need to reinvent their, their life. Otherwise they know that the consequences might be really serious. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they've, they've also been divorced or they might have a spouse or a partner who has a debilitating illness, Mm -hmm. a recent diagnosis, or even, you know, a husband who's died or gone to memory care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are not, these are not like someday that might happen to me issues. These are, these are current issues for many, many of us, many Mm -hmm. people. So a lot of times, especially, you know, I fell into the, the housewife trap and I don't mean that in any disparaging way to anyone who is a homemaker, because I think that it's such a beautiful profession 
it's just that we need to recognize it as such, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, and I had basically given up my financial independence and, and that was kind of what, what a problem was for me. But anytime we are starting new, it doesn't matter why or how we got there, but I like to help people see that there is something better. There is something more. We have such a tendency to think, oh my God, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70. My life is over because it's not the way it used to be. I can't do the things I used to do. Well, let's do some new things. Let's do something different and something else. And, you know, opportunity. um, Yeah. And what can we create from, from this, this, this space? Yeah. And I think really there's, again, going back to, I don't know, call them milestones or every five years, even something like that. You, you tend to, I know health-wise or even movement-wise, they're like that part-time in my life when I ran a lot more often, that time in my life when I got up at six to go to the gym, that time in my life when I went to gym at the end of the day, that time when I, you know, like did more yo, you know, there's there, it seems that we, our health is driven most often by our, I don't know, our ability to get out there and do something, our peers, potentially a relationship. But at the end of the day, we only have ourselves to keep accountable. Mm -hmm. And, and at some point you're like, Hmm, maybe I better pay more attention to this or, or try that, you know? And I think, um, having somebody to call as a coach, what an amazing thing, or, you know, even to like you teach a lot of amazing yoga classes, like what about teaching, a, you know, taking a yoga class? Just, I remember after I met you and looking on your Instagram and it's like, oh my gosh, she's, she mm-hmm. could be in Cirque du Soleil, you know? <laughs> oh no, no, hardly. Thank you. But hardly. No, I think it's, it's about creating new possibility. And sometimes when we are at these often painful crossroads in our life, we don't, we don't see much in the way of possibility. And I think that's one of my most important jobs as a coach is to help my clients uncover all of the options that indeed are available. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit and tell me a little bit about after you, um, just came back or at some point you decided, okay, I'm not going to have the sales job anymore. I need to create what I'm recreate what I'm doing. How did that journey unfold for you? What did that look like? Oh, it was so messy. It was Mm. so painful and it was so messy and it was so fraught with fear. Mm. Um, And it was literally one day at a time, one step at a time, um, trying a lot of things. I'm sure a lot of your friends are entrepreneurs and, you know, we try something, we come up against a wall, it doesn't work. But I, I was already, as you mentioned, I was already teaching yoga. I did a lot of yoga teaching when I was living in Dubai. And so that was kind of my, it seemed like the easiest entry for me to creating what I wanted. And, and people were often asking me, I was also for as long as I can remember, very, very interested in healthy lifestyle and healthy food and beautiful food. And I've always been an athlete in movement. So that very much appealed to me. So I thought, okay, how can I take my yoga career and make it more bring in the other, the other components, the movement, the food, 
Um, I also in Dubai was fortunate to get to do a lot of study with some some um, teachers in India and Sri Lanka mm -hmm. and uh, you know a lot of Eastern philosophy. So meditation had become a very important part of my life as well. Nice. So it was kind of like, how can I roll all of these things together? Well, and I remember even when we met you, were you already doing the YouTube videos or just about to start that like veg with Lisa? Veg with Lisa, veg with Lisa. So yes. So veg with Lisa started. Yes. That, um, my goodness, that started probably well more than 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it started as a YouTube channel, veg with Lisa you early adapter. You, I know, I know I was way ahead of everybody, way ahead of everybody. <laughs> and but the really interesting thing, I started veg with Lisa because I really, I really, what I was doing was writing a cookbook. That is what I wanted to do. And this is what I love. Again, I only saw that as my outlet for uh, that creativity. It's like, uh -huh. Oh, I love to cook. I love to write recipes. Therefore I must write a cookbook. One option. Well, I believe in asking for what you need and putting it out there and talking to the universe and really being clear on what you want, but then we have to be open to the universe's interpretation. Oh, there's that. Right. So I did the veg with Lisa, um, YouTube channel for quite a while. Oh, sorry. So the cookbook proved much harder. Okay. I'm sure you have writers in your community really, really difficult. Um, I was, I was pretty discouraged about that. Hmm. Then I met my friend who filmed the original veg with Lisa and, um, produced it and helped me edit it. And so we did that for several years, which was just an amazing jumping off point. Um, and then it kind of died. And then now here we are, we're pivoting again, Facebook live. So now veg with Lisa is on Facebook live. I, I do it as a Facebook live. I love that. And you know, Talk about creative. <laughs> Wait till you watch Lisa on any one of her videos because you just ooze positivity and you have this magnetism and who who wouldn't want to watch you? Because you're so fun. You make it look so fun. Like rutabaga, like give it, pass it over. It's just like, I want to learn from you. I want to, um, I ever since I met, I, I, it's that dynamic personality. I just think it really comes across. And you know, back to the food part. Cause you come from, you come from Iowa, you come from mm -hmm. a family that created and grew their own food. There's a lot of like, we've, we're talking a minute ahead of time about how creativity takes on so many different forms. And I think it's hyper creative to be able to reinvent no matter what it is that you're reinventing to that's creativity. There's a lot of creativity in figuring out how to make those plants grow and feed a family and whatever that looks like. So do you feel that growing up in that way, you did mention it, um, added to just your love of that or, or did it, did it seem to kind of every day or did it, did you feel like, Oh my gosh, I can go back to my roots, so to speak. It absolutely uh, not only added to my love of it, but I, I credit my background completely with that aspect of myself. Um, I did grow up in Iowa my family did not live on a farm, but everyone else in my yeah. world did both sets of grandparents, cousins. So, you know, my summers were spent running in the fields. I mean, that sounds so cliche and catching tadpoles in the pond. And we did, mm. and everybody had a beautiful garden and yeah. appreciation for that, I think is so amazing. And, you know, if anyone's listening with small children, I think one of the, the 
best ways to get your kid into eating vegetables and trying some new things is to expose them to the process of mm. the carrot seed goes in the ground and then the carrot comes out of the dirt. Yeah. It's pretty magical. Yeah. It's so magical. Yeah. Mother nature is mm. uh, powerful mm-hmm. for sure. Mm. I love that. And I think, um, what, how is it looking to tie those things together in this new way? And, and cause you're really, I kind of changed my path. Cause I, I was asking you how you help people, but now this is all tied together. And as you mentioned, you, you coach people, but what, what's that look like and what do you love about it? So I, when I wanted to weave what I felt were all my interests and my strengths together, I chose what I call my four pillars and I help my private clients in these four areas. And the first is food. And that's first by no accident. Everybody wants to talk about food. Everybody loves food. Food. I love food. People want to be told what to eat. They want to be told not what to eat. Um, so we just get, we just swallow that frog. First thing we talk about foods. <laughs> Second pillar is mood. What's going on between your ears. Mm-hmm. And this is incredibly powerful and often overlooked. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. The third is rest, sleep. Are we getting enough sleep? Are we relaxing? Mm. Again, along with mood, often completely overlooked. Fourth pillar is movement. So food, mood, rest, and movement. And the two on the ends, the food and the movement, that's what everybody wants to focus on. Mm-hmm. Tell me what to eat. Tell me not what to eat. How many steps do I need to walk? How many days do I need to go to the gym? Those things matter, but they are only two pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And the stuff in the middle, what's going on between your ears? And are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough downtime? Those can drive so many factors when it comes to our health and our well being. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad this is the path that you chose because I think, um, those four things, I mean, who, who of us haven't thought about any one of those things all our lives and in different ways, you know, for me, certainly, um, I have a lifetime of, of battling with several And I'll say battling with several of those areas, not being best friends with all those areas, but being like, all right, let's duke it out and, and figuring it out and trying this and that. But I think, again, you come to certain points in your life where you're like, okay, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to tie those four things together. I know they all matter, but we, it's those, you have to reach that tipping point to be able to say, okay, she's right. Sleep does matter as much as the rest or whatever it is. You do. And, and honestly, there is, if we, if we, the information has always existed and that information always exists. Anybody can Google what to eat, to be healthy. Anybody can Google hacks for sleep. But as you said, until you are ready and, and there's something to be said for just like that, that what I will call divine connection that the two of that you and I had, mm-hmm. you know, do you believe in coincidences? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do, do I believe in beautiful, happy 
happenstance and accidents? Absolutely. And so there is also something about when, you know, anyone who needs help or wants to work on something, um, I encourage them to really explore their options and, and talk to people, talk to yeah. healers and coaches until you find a connection. Mm-hmm. And when, when things seem to open up that way, it almost feels effortless just to walk right in it. It's, it's like the decisions already been made. That's such a good point. It is that connection, you know, and if, if you're listening and you're like, what, I want to know more about that. We'll get into that. But, but I mean, I think you, you can all think of those times when you've had a connection, like maybe it's just, for instance, this is a podcast that you can relate to. So you tune back in more than once or, um, you know, a favorite store to go to, there's something nice about that person. So you go back there, whatever it is, whatever that connection is. But I think too, especially in the past three years, um, COVID has made us more isolated. I've, I move my body less than I ever have because I walk Mm -hmm. 70 steps to my desk, maybe 50 and, you know, and, and, and I live in a rainy place. So I have to have that conversation with myself. Many of us listening are artists. We're in our own studio. We're by ourselves a lot. So it's that finding those ways and we all humans need to pay attention to this, right? It's not just, oh, I'm a creative, I need to, or I'm 40, I need to, or whatever. These are all things that if you want to, to feel your best in life, you find community in a certain way, you find health, you find ways to, to interact and learn more. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you here, because I just, first of all, I love how dynamic you are and how, and how fun you make all this, but it's just, I feel like you're just the, even those four pillars, you never, you hardly ever, we know it in our head, but we mm-hmm. hardly ever hear a mention together. Mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. how crazy is that? It's so well, obvious. The, the diet and wellness industry in this country, I, I don't have the statistics on the tip of my tongue. My numbers went out the door when I left that career in actuarial science, but it's millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And you know, it's a lot easier to make money off of a new, you know, new running shoes that you need to buy to go run or a $500 treadmill or a diet than it is just to say, you know, get some sleep yeah, Yeah. and sit in meditation for a few minutes every morning, which costs nothing. And you have to buy nothing. Right. (laughs) It's our, 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 the whole industry and the whole, you know, it's almost like, well, if it's, it must be better if I have to buy it. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Absolutely. Which, you know what? And there is something to that. And so when we invest in ourselves, right, we right. are more likely to value what we mm-hmm. have to exchange resources with. The yes. problem is it's so overwhelming and people are investing in things that aren't the right fit. Right. They're investing in things that aren't helping them to get what they want. And how many of us sign up for memberships that we never use, you know? Yeah. Yep. If you've been around for a bit, you know how passionate I am about community and connection amongst creatives. Being in the creative industry myself for a long time and getting to know many different areas of it, I can personally speak to the challenges that go into building confidence as an artist, managing all the ideas 
tasks and projects as a creative and feeling alone and isolated when much of your work is done solo. This is exactly why I teamed up with brand consultant Natalie of Studio Shepherd to bring you Relish Your Creativity membership. I'm so excited to finally have a space to help facilitate and continue the real conversations that you have here, Margot. Relish Your Creativity is a monthly creative community designed to help clarify your creative journey. Whether you're an artist, an illustrator, maker, or any kind of creative, this community really bridges the gap between art, product, and a life fulfilled. It's made up of like-minded creatives who are ready to grow in their artistic endeavors as well as grow a profitable business. We bring you monthly trainings where we deep dive into relevant topics, live group mentorship with myself and with Natalie, a private Facebook group, wonderful guest speakers, live chats, and a really caring community. And to get a taste of this membership, we wanted to invite all of you to join our free community chat that happens on Zoom the second Thursday of every single month. We call this the Relish Open Studio because it's a really comfortable, creative space where we can come together. To register, head to relishyourcreativity.com backslash open studio. Or if you already know this membership is for you, we would truly love to see you inside. If you have dreamt of having your artwork out in the world, that is exactly our jam. The Relish Your Creativity community is waiting for you. What are some creative ways that you encourage people to look at self-care? Would you call it your, your program or I feel like even just your videos are so creative. So from your point of view though, what would you say? Well, I think you hit on it. It's gotta be fun. Yeah. I mean, because we're, we're not going to do things that we don't enjoy. We might for a hot minute and then it's going to go away. Like all the other diets and programs, it's got to be fun. It has to feel good. It has to be authentic. It's like anything. There has to be a connection. And I think maybe even more importantly is, can we use you for an example? Sure. So you mentioned, I live in a small house. I walk 70 steps. It's rainy here a lot. And as with so many of us, we've turned inward during COVID. So for me to get creative with you would be, okay, let's come up with some other options. Again, helping people to find possibility and option when they don't see it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you meet people where they are, you explore what they want, you explore your perceived roadblocks. Mm -hmm. And then we find up, find fun, cool ways for you to move your body. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And there's something too about finding someone like you that it's like, okay, I know I could figure this out, but I've read everything and I've tried to motivate myself and I need, I need to look outward instead of inward. Absolutely. And no one needs more information. We all have way too much information. I would, I would Mm -hmm. argue in this society, but it is the, the support and the system and the accountability. That's what I provide. And I will say motivation and willpower might be two of my most disliked words when it comes to this Mm. work. (laughs) Oh goodness. I've heard those so many times. Yes. 
right? I've used them so many times. I just need to get motivated. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that even mean? Right. That's a good It's point. not measurable. It's not quantifiable. And it's like something that if we get, then we'll be able to do the thing. But what if we don't get that? Right. Then, then we can't do the thing, you know? Right. Or, or you feel badly because you're like, I should be motivated or whatever the word is. And I don't feel like it. So I must be failing when it's maybe, maybe that doesn't have anything to do with it. Exactly. And then that turns us often back on that vicious cycle. I failed again. I might as well just go back to the way I was doing things before. Again, a sense of hopelessness, victimhood, no possible, no possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of motivation, I like to employ practices and processes. Hmm. So let's just systemize this. Mm-hmm. You don't have, and you know what? You don't have to be motivated. Mm. That's okay. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's just a habit or whatever else it is. Not like I'm motivated to go feed my kid every day, but it's not right. like I'm going to skip it. That's right. You don't have to be reminded to feed your, well, maybe once in a while when he was little, you <laughs> no, you don't, you don't have to be right. You just do it right. Because yeah. it's what you do. Right. And the same goes with willpower. Oh my God. Willpower is exhausting. Yeah. And so if I can help my clients learn to be different without having to fight to be different, without having to struggle to be different, without having to remember to be different. Yeah. This is where true transformation takes place rather than I did this diet for six weeks. I lost 10 pounds or, you know, I did the anti-inflammation diet for three months and I felt better. But if we're, if we've not actually moved from behavior to beliefs, to identity, if we're not really fully embodying this, why it's just going to be more of the same, which is so frustrating. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes from the shoulds too. And we talked about this the other day, you and I, you know, this certainly we're brought up with, oh, I don't know. Um, 17 magazine for me, you know, so yeah, it's a certain way or a certain look, or you should feel this way. Or if you're going to be popular, whatever happens in junior high, which I've just lived through yet again with my kiddo (laughs) and it hasn't changed much. And, uh, you know, and, and, And I think we do that to ourselves, even though we know better, right? We know that we can just, the message now is love yourself the way you are and just all that. But for, but we still are made up of all, all our parts and pieces and the learnings we've had along the way. So we are, we're willing to go just so far with those beliefs, I think. And some are, some should be changed. Some shouldn't, you know, I, those are things that I, my own inner conversation with like, okay, so I'm not 30 anymore. What can I change? How can I, how can I learn to be healthy in a different way? Or I don't know, whatever it is. Um, but I love that you kind of meet people where they are. And I think all of us need to remember that for whatever we're going through. It's, I hear a lot, how do I get my work in front of the right people? Or am I doing the right thing? Should I take a different class? Well, where are you right now? Who are you? How do you feel? are you good or do you need something else? You know, we're always growing and changing, but if, if the cool thing about you, Lisa, is you can look at somebody where they are and say, Hey, here are the four things. How are you with all these things? Right. 
what should we do to, what should we do about it? Absolutely. And, and what works for one person is completely different from what works from the next. And everybody is different and everybody's journey is different. So, you know, some, somebody may be delighted because they exercised for five minutes, three times a week. And guess what? If they were exercising for zero minutes, three times a week before, yeah, and they shift to five minutes, three times a week, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody is eating no vegetables a day and they go to throwing a handful of spinach into their scrambled eggs, that's a win. Yeah. I love that. That's great. It's true. And I think we all need to give ourselves the grace about I did this today and I didn't do it yesterday. And it mm. meant that it, it's not that you have to start out and do it for an hour or eat an entire head of broccoli or whatever it is. It's just changing your habits. If that's what you want to do, you know, exactly. If, if habit change is going to be helpful in you achieving your goals. And that's what it's all about. When, when somebody comes to me, I'm just like, okay, what do you want? What do you want for yourself? And more importantly, and why, why do you want it? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I think that's, what do you want for yourself? And why do you want it? <laughs> because I mean, pick a category. And I, and I hope that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you here on the podcast, because we, we kind of tend to focus on the creative, what do you want and why do you want it? But we're all humans. So we're all eating, moving or not breathing, sleeping enough or not enough. You know, it, it all helps or hinders whatever, whoever it is we're trying to be and however it is we're trying to show up. So I just think it's more and more important to kind of cover all those bases and acknowledge the fact that we're still human, even though might, we might have a paintbrush in our hand or, a you know, something else. Um, what Absolutely. is it that's working for us? Absolutely. And these four things are the basics of good health. And it's, if you do not have your health, you are not making art. Yeah. Yeah. You're just not. And I, I find it, I, I do work with creatives and also entrepreneurs and some business owners and business founders. And that category that I just described, generalization, I know, but tend to be very, very focused on their art or their work or their business, right? And that's perhaps why they're successful in that area. They tend to go all in, Mm -hmm. in that area. Mm -hmm, For sure. And often that means that some of these other things get put on the back burner until we get to a certain age or until we have a health crisis or until someone around us has a health crisis. And that's okay. That's just means that then they start, we start today. We mm-hmm. start right now. We start today. You know, I had a guest on, um, Annie who has a chronic, um, illness and she actually started a chronic illness podcast. And as a creative, um, and it, it resonated with a lot of people because there's a lot of, that's one of those unspoken things that you can't see. So can it really be, of course it really is. But I think that's another thing again, like you said, it's meeting yourself right where you are. And I love that she's found a way to plan her day, 
where she's even going to be in the house based on what she needs to do at that point. And I just, I just so admire and just acknowledging the fact that it's like, here's how I, where I am on my journey. Here's what I need help with. And I'm going to talk about it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And this idea of constantly evolving. Yeah. No matter how old we get, what are your dreams? What, how can you feel better? You know? And, and, and I mentioned my eldest client's going to be 85 tomorrow and she's dealing with a lot of physical health issues right now, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we can't work on her mindset or right. uh, make sure she's comfortable so that she's sleeping well, so that she feels as best as she possibly can. Right. It's like, a, it's like an onion and it's a, like a big, huge fat medallia onion. <laughs> and there are so many layers And we just keep peeling the layers back one at a time. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I know me, I can't speak for anybody else, but I, I look towards, we always all feel like we're just going to keep on rolling down this path and we're going to be fine and we're going to be healthy. But then you look at friends or parents, well, my parents happen to be great examples, but, um, you know, it's not always up to us. So let's take a hold of what is. So tell me about the actual protocol you've developed for your clients? So it is based on my four pillars of wellness, food, mood, rest, and movement. And we, we always start with goal setting. So coaching is an art and a science and having an actuarial science background. I do like to fall back on some some, some sciencey stuff, you know, yeah, which is and, makes sense science uh, because science because science, you know, <laughs> and um, if we can set some some specific goals from the very beginning, I, I want people to be very clear about what it is that they want, um, and and that's the only way I can help them. If you know, if you're not clear on what you want, then I I, I can't really help right. you. you need so getting, we need a goal. We need to set goals. They need to be you know pretty measurable. I also do have a corporate background, so gotta love our Perfect. smart goals, right? <laughs> Perfect. So we spend time on goal setting. We spend time on really tapping into why, why you want to achieve what it is that you want. And then we talk about, okay, what's getting in the way. And a lot of people have a pretty good idea, Mm -hmm. right? I call it clearing the clutter. And sometimes it might literally be clutter. So if you've got bags of potato chips and six Mm -hmm. packs of Coke and (laughs) let us get that clutter right on out of the house. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it might be energetic clutter. It might be, I, you know, I'm going to pick on your example, Margo, if I may, Mm -hmm. I live in a small house. It rains all the time. I can't exercise that's energetic clutter. So we'll, we'll work to clear that. It might be my calendar is too full. So I don't have time Mm -hmm. to do it. Clutter calendar is a big one that almost everyone can can relate to. So then we do talk about food. We dive into foods that give energy, foods that take away energy, which is a really interesting thing. Do you, do you even know? Right, right. Why do we eat? Yeah. I mean, these are questions that we often don't consider. Right. And I bet that would be an, a, a good one. I wasn't, I was going to say easy, but I took that back. A good one to start with because 
just putting something in your mouth. I mean, we all know this, but we don't stop sometimes to be, to remind ourselves, well, I'm hungry. So I'm just going to pop in that convenient thing is a lot different than hungry. So I'm going to feed my body, these things that it will benefit from. Yeah, exactly. Kind of relearning the purpose for eating. I mean, nourishment, energy, and yes, of course, pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these are all, all valid reasons for eating. So just kind of knowing while we're eating, why, why we are eating, that's really key. Um, and tuning into what gives us energy, what takes it away specifically when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. And then I really like to be about putting more good in. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be told you got, can't do this. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. That totally is no fun. So let's just add in more good, more vegetables, more fruits, more plants. You don't have to be a vegetarian. You don't have to be a vegan, but you have to eat plants, fruits, veggies, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, avocados, like all of these amazing things. Just add more of those in. Yeah. Love that. So we add in more and more foods, big. We start there usually exercise again, the bookends of the pillars. So we'll talk about movement. We will find something fun and creative and enjoyable for you so that you will look forward to doing it. Your brain is wired to seek pleasure. So if pleasure is sitting slumped on the couch, watching Netflix with a bowl of potato chips and a beer. If that's pleasure to you, that's what your brain's going to want to (laughs) do. And movement can be pleasurable. The body was built to move. It loves to move. Eating healthy foods can be so pleasurable because of the feeling it gives us and the joy we have when we get to cheer a rutabaga, you know, it's so sometimes we just need to retrain the brain experiment with some things to find some new things that are pleasurable that are more in line with what we want and how we want to feel. Oh my gosh. There's another one of those things you could have pertained to many, many aspects of, of our lives. What are some of the, your favorite things about working with people in this way? Oh my gosh. Being inspired by women, not just in their fifties and their sixties, but in their seventies and in their eighties, can you imagine an 80 something year old woman who is willing to invest in herself and hire a healthy aging coach? That's cool. I mean, that is so cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Of course I love vegetables. So I love talking about vegetables and I really, really love the subtler practices as well. Again, what comes from the the middle of my pillar, helping people, Well, first of all, it's a huge misconception that if you're a woman of a certain age, you're just never going to get a good night's sleep. That's not true. Mm. So helping people tweak their routines, find new rituals to get a good night's sleep, helping people realize what's going on in their mind Mm -hmm. so that they can perhaps create pauses and maybe make some different choices again that are are, are more aligned with what it is that they want and how they want to feel. Oh, I love the sounds of that. I mean, who doesn't need to take a pause and kind of think about what they really need to be doing. Mm-hmm. I love that. So many good things. So many reasons to check out more of Lisa Murphy. Plus I'm going, can I use the picture on the graphics with the okra 
please. Oh, please do. Please do. I don't know how this became the brand, but yes, please use the okra. Oh my gosh. So see that just to me that encapsulates just like there's the corporate Lisa, which is not really, I don't think there's anything corporate about you, but there's just like that picture is just so how you, I feel like it's how you see the potential of food, you know? fun. Why would it not be fun and creative? Why would we not see what all we can do with okra besides fry it and eat it? It can, it can go everywhere. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. Well, just thank you for sharing your wisdom here because I think it relates to so many things and it certainly got me thinking, I bet, I bet it's got a lot of people thinking. Um, I want to know who's inspiring you. And then I want to know where people can find you. Mm. I tell you who's inspiring me right now is Jane Fonda. I love that. She is just, she reinvents herself every decade. Yeah, she does. Which is so cool because what worked for us when we were 20 is not necessarily going to work for us when we were, when we're 70 or when we're 80. Very true. And and she's one of those people that's just going to go find it and make it, make you pay attention to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. She was recently quoted as saying, I'm younger now than when I was 20. I love that. I love that. I love that too. I love that too. Cause it's easy to say, oh, you know, I've, I've grown into myself or whatever, but to put it that way, it's like, damn, own that. I think that's so good. Mm. I love that. And you said your, your amazing 85 uh, year old client was inspiring you. Absolutely. The willingness to continue to invest in herself and to look at the more subtler, more subtle layers. Maybe she can't climb the Grand Canyon rim to rim again, but she might like to learn how to sit in meditation to feel less stress about less anxiety about, you know, some of the physical realities of aging. I really love the whole concept of, again, I know I've said it before, but meeting people where they are and giving, you're giving us permission to start where we are and either be there or shift a little bit if that's what we want. Instead of, have you walked your 10,000 steps today? It's where are you and how can you feel a little better if that's your goal? Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the keys in my mood pillar is to get really brutally in love with the present. Mm. Because in accepting where we are right now, all of our flaws, that is how we can create the next best step to get us where we want to go. It doesn't mean we have to stay where we are, but we have to, we have to be okay with where we are so we can move on. I love that because there's going to be another day tomorrow. So we're going with it, hopefully. So we are moving forward and ahead and aging or whatever you want to call it. So how do we want to do that? Absolutely. I'd like to do it with you. Ah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it, Margo. Okay. So tell people how to best find you, where you like to show up and how you like to show up. Well, of course, Veg with Lisa Live is on my Facebook page every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm at Lisa Murphy. I'll be the one with the okra sticking out of my ears. <laughs> and I am also on Instagram at Lisa Murphy LLC. Um, my website, Lisa Murphy, llc.com. Um, awesome. yeah. And there's, a, there's a few ways people can work with you, which is cool. How can people just even do yoga with you? 
absolutely. I have the private one-on-one coaching, the RAV intensive that we talked about. And I also have a couple of group programs. So I have an online yoga community born from the pandemic. Um, We started practicing yoga together a few days after a lot of things shut down and two plus years were going strong. So that's a wonderful way to move your body. And then I also have an online, everything I do is online now. I have a vibrant living circle, which is my healthy aging mastermind. Hmm. Such good things, such good things. Well, you inspire me. You, you always have since the day I met you. It's like, who's this ball of energy? So I'm, I'm grateful that we ended up in the same row on that airplane. Me too, Margo. Me too. Thank you, my dear, for just sharing all of this and just showing up as yourself because that's really the best. You're welcome. It's been a treat. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.